Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Regularly Scheduled Programming, where we watch stuff and talk about it. I'm Joe. And I'm Ashley. And up front, we like to do the business. So you can email us at regularlyscheduledpod at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at regularlyscheduledpod. You can find us on Twitter at RSPpod or follow us on Facebook at Regularly Scheduled Programming Podcasts. Okay, Joe, uh, do we have any news this week? Yeah, actually, we have a number of news uh, items. So we got a final trailer for Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Very excited about that. Yeah, it. we were pleasantly surprised with the first one. We were. Uh, it comes out April 8th. I think video game movies now are very different from the video game movies of our childhood. <laughs> They're getting there. So... Yeah, we can only hope that it goes up. I really hope Sonic 2 is good. I know Michael's really looking forward to it, our kid. So yeah, I hope it's good for his sake. <laughs> so next we have uh, you wanted me you wanted to bring up that the Babysitter's Club series on Netflix has yes. been canceled. Yes. And then in quotes underneath that I have don't tell Ashley the Babysitter's Club is dead. I'm laughing, but I am so sad deep inside. You're laughing to hide your tears. I really loved that series. Um, Growing up, Babysitter's Club was a pivotal part of myself. (laughs) Bonded with friends over reading the Babysitter's Club. Read pretty much all the books. Um, The series was wonderful. I don't know what else to say, except I really hope it gets picked up by somebody else in some form. Um, I mean, that is kind of a thing now, so... Yeah, I think it's... Honestly, it's kind of like this show that I wish I had when I was a teenager, especially, like, a young teen. And granted, like, I don't know how much or how many actual teens were watching this show. I know there were several of my online friends that have daughters that would watch it with their daughters. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd, obviously, I didn't watch it with Michael. <laughs> yeah. But... I just, I hope that it gets brought back in some way. Yeah. I mean, if it's a show that you like, you always hope that it comes back in some way, shape or form. Uh, Obviously, I never read the books. Uh, I don't think I'm in their key demographic. Probably Um, not. But yeah, like, you know, I think I I may have sat in the room while you watched some of it. I don't know. That's extremely possible. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Next up, we got a trailer for Miss Marvel. The not the next MCU show. But it's coming after Moon Knight. Mm-hmm. It looks really cool. We don't know anything about Ms. Marvel. Yeah, I'm coming in completely fresh with this one. 
I do like that it, it definitely has its very own distinct flavor, I guess. Yes. Because it, it looks like that it looks like it is being made for the age group of the main character. She looks like she's like early to mid teens. Yes. But yeah, like just the stylized aspect of it. I saw them doing some like graphic stuff with like thought bubbles and things like that. So I'm excited for it, even though I know nothing about the character. You know, I stopped questioning uh, <laughs> Marvel's decisions when Guardians came out and they knocked it out of the park. Right. Like I said, I think last week, maybe the week before, we're pretty much all in for Marvel. So they've yet to disappoint us. I, I think it looks super cute. So I'm I'm on board. Yeah. When does that come out? Uh, that kind of, that hit dis that hits Disney Plus on June 8th. Awesome. Next up, we have uh, just I don't know if this is really news, but it was interesting to me. Uh, so it's being reported that Samuel L. Jackson is willing to come back to Star Wars as Mace Windu. For me, I'm just not that surprised. No. Uh, number one, with how good these Star Wars series are, it doesn't surprise me that anybody would want to do them. But Samuel L. Jackson has always had, like, for me, when I see Samuel L. Jackson in some of the movies that he's been in, he really does seem like he's like, I'm an actor. I get paid to act. If somebody offers to pay me to act, I'm going to do that job. Right. But also, Samuel L. Jackson seems like a really cool dude who played a really cool character that we didn't get a whole lot of time with in mm -hmm. the series, but what, or in the prequel trilogy, but what we saw, I loved. And, you know, we never saw a dead body. Yep. Did you have anything else to add to that or? I did, but I lost it. Oh, <laughs> okay. Well, we can always circle back around if it hits you. The next one I actually saw on TikTok from Jack Black. There is going to be a new Kung Fu Panda series on Netflix. It is Kung Fu Panda Dragon Knight. It looks really good. Well, not looks really good because we haven't actually seen anything about it, but we really like the <laughs> Kung Fu Panda trilogy. We do. It's funny. I really like Jack Black. And honestly, I think a lot of the fight choreography in it is legit. Yeah, it's it's a cute movie. They are cute movies. Mm -hmm. We both really like Jack Black. Kind of excited to see like a series. Have they done series before? There's been two or three series. At least one of them I think was on Nickelodeon. Yeah, we didn't uh, watch that. Yeah, they didn't have Jack Black. And that's not why we didn't watch him. No. I just think like when those series came out, um, our son was definitely young enough to watch them. But like the few times we've tried to show him Kung Fu Panda, he hasn't seemed all that into it. Breaks it breaks my heart. <laughs> Maybe we just need to give him a little time. Yeah. But um, this one we might actually just check out on our own because he's kind of old enough to do his own thing while we watch what we want to watch. And it might like bring him in a bit. Yeah, and for me, I'm so I don't want to knock the other series because I haven't seen them, but I feel like those came out in a period of time where the idea of making a series based on a successful movie franchise was just to capitalize on just to ride the coattails. Mm -hmm. Whereas now, a lot of times, series are being made to stand on their own. Yes, they may be tied to a movie franchise or a larger franchise in general, but. They're not just let's put something together and throw it out there because people will watch it because it has this name. It really does seem like the TV series or the streaming series is definitely trying to make a name for itself and be a quality product on, all on its own. I agree. Uh, so, yeah, that comes out July of this year. 
uh, which is 2022. Next, we got a new trailer for the Halo series on Paramount+. Plus. Yes. So we both know very little about Halo. Yeah, neither of us. Like, I think I played the games a couple times with, like, people that had them, my cousins, whatever. But I don't know anything about Halo. Yeah, I know nothing about the the lore uh, yeah. in, involved with the games. But the series, look, it looks good. It does. I think um, I'm I think you're full on going to watch it. I think for me, you know, we'll watch the first episode together and I might tiptoe in, but we'll see. Yeah, honestly, it just to me, it just looks like a really good uh, sci fi series. Definitely. So I'm going to give it a shot. We do love a sci fi series. After that, we got news this morning that made me smile very big. Christopher Lloyd has been cast in season three of The Mandalorian. And we know nothing else except that whatever he decides to do is great. Oh, this actually brings me back to what I thought about when we were talking about Samuel L. Jackson. Yay! (laughs) What I was going to say is you had mentioned that, like, you know, the series is really popular. And I think maybe you said something about, like, the actor, like, actors wanting to be involved in the show. There are actors that want to be involved so bad. They are just in Stormtrooper costumes. Oh, yeah. So, uh, the the sequel trilogy had a lot of that. I think Daniel Craig was in a Stormtrooper, uh, was in a First Order Stormtrooper I costume. Think, yeah, maybe. I thought I heard like Patton Oswalt was in it in the first yeah, season. Maybe. Like, I, don't I don't know. There's all these rumors about all these different celebrities. Mm-hmm. And so like what I was going to say about Samuel L. Jackson is it's like, He's like, hey, I was in Star Wars. Put me in something else. <laughs> yeah. And like, I don't want to make it seem like Samuel Jackson doesn't do quality top notch films because he he does. he does. He's he in my opinion, he worked enough taking anything because that was his job. At least that's the way it seemed to me. And he's done enough and shown his chops that now he gets the pick of the litter. Well, wasn't he for a while the top grossing box office actor? I don't know. I I wouldn't surprise me at all. Because of all the varied like franchises he's been in. I'll have to look that up, but I'm almost positive I heard that once. But anyway, back to back Christopher, to Christopher Lloyd. Lloyd. We love Christopher Lloyd. It's mm-hmm. not just that he's Doc Brown. For me, so I actually mentioned this to you this morning when we were talking about it briefly. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people read his name and they think Doc Brown. For me, the first thing that pops into my head is The Judge. Yes, we are both huge fans of the Who Framed Roger Rabbit movie. Yeah. Um, and I love him in that movie. He is, he's for me, so he is good. peak Christopher Lloyd in that movie. He is so erratic and manic in that movie. Mm-hmm. It's so wonderful. He just plays the part so well. Um, and he plays off of... Oh, I am not going to remember his oh. name at all. Hold on, I'm, I am going to look it up. Is it something... Hodgkins? Yes, Bob Hodgkins. Bob Hodgkins. Bob Hodgkins or Hodgkins. Yeah, hold on. Anyway, to fill the dead air. To fill the dead air. Love Christopher Lloyd. I don't want to speculate at what I think he might be doing in the series. Bob Hoskins. Hoskins. Yes. We were so so close. close. Uh, Yeah, I don't want to speculate as to what Christopher Lloyd might be, like what kind of character he's going to be, because however he shows up is going to be amazing. Yeah, I think I read in the article he'll... It's like a guest starring role. So it's, I mean, who knows what exactly that means? Yeah. He could be in one episode. He could be in all the episodes. 
we have no idea. And some of the cameos that uh, drop in have great characters. Like, look at Bill Burr. Yeah, from he was season great. one and season two. Uh, I think his character's name is Mayfield, Mayfield mm-hmm. or Mayfeld. But like his that. his episode with Mando in season two, oh my, he crushes it. And I'm not a huge Bill Burr fan as far as his comedy is concerned. Uh, it just doesn't, you know, it just doesn't get me really. Mm-hmm. But he is so good in that role. He is, yeah. Uh, that's about it for the news. Uh, so do you want to talk about what you watched? Do you want me to go first? First, I think we should take an ad break. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so we're, we're going to take a short break and drop in an ad, hopefully. We're, we're still working out the kinks. With we're the figuring ad. it out. We're figuring it out, but... Th- every- this Actually, if you're listening, this episode might sound a little bit better than the previous ones because I fixed some settings that I forgot to do for the first six episodes. So. Our audio sounds really good right now. At least so. to us, it does. <laughs> But yeah, so hopefully you'll hear an ad and then you'll come back and Ashley and I will figure out who's going to talk about what they watched first. All right. All right. Be back in just a little bit. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. All right, we're back. And, um... I decided I wanted Joe to go first with what he watched this week. Yay, I get to go first. Uh, there's not a whole lot that I watched this week. Uh, one of the reasons uh, is pretty close to the top. So uh, Tombstone was on sale on iTunes for, was it five bucks? I think so, yeah. So I, I had to get Tombstone. It's such a great movie. It's so You much, love that movie. Yeah. I think a lot of people do. I was going to say everyone, but I don't want to <laughs> paint in broad strokes. It's so great and so it's so quotable, especially from uh, Doc Holliday, played by Val Kilmer, which leads me a little bit into my next one because I tend to always watch these movies together. I will watch Tombstone and then I will watch Wyatt Earp, mm-hmm. which Wyatt Earp tells a bigger story that like I don't want to say his whole life, but much more of his life. Uh, it stars Kevin Costner. Um, there's a number of actors in it. I won't go through them all, but. One of the reasons why I really like watching these two movies back to back is I feel like Wyatt Earp is much more of a, I don't want to say a biopic, but it feels like a, an attempt to stick closer to the facts, mm-hmm. at least make it more believable. Whereas Tombstone tells the story as a legend more so there's a scene towards the end of tomb of the movie uh where Wyatt Earp Doc Holliday and a couple of other characters are just going after the the bad guy group the cowboys in the movie 
and at one point they're ducking behind cover they're getting shot out um across this little river or creek or something and Wyatt Earp is just like f this he gets up and wades into the river and just starts unloading and killing guys and these guys are shooting at him but they're just not hitting him mm-hmm. so to me that like i said that's much more of the legend of Wyatt Earp whereas the movie Wyatt Earp like i said it seems to try to sh- stick a little bit more to the facts about what happened and in doing that it's a three-hour movie so it takes me like two to three days to watch it typically (laughs) but both of them are great they're i don't know if you who i don't know anybody that doesn't have at least one western that they like yeah personally Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love the Western genre. I love modern Westerns, but I also love those, you know, classic Westerns. Like John Wayne, like we were talking about yeah. last week. Uh, a couple Two weeks, weeks ago, ago, but yeah. yeah. John Wayne and Big Jake, El Dorado. Just I, both of both genres of Western I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last thing I watched was actually two episodes, one of which is the uh, season finale. Uh, Star Trek Discovery. Caught up on the episode I not skipped, but uh, passed last week. And then the season finale was this week. And I really enjoyed it. It So I don't know if you remember me saying when it would be two weeks ago when I was talking about Discovery that it looked like they were going to go for a diplomatic solution to the situation they were in. But given the way the previous seasons of the show had gone, I didn't believe that that would be the case. Yes, I remember. Well, they did it. They did a diplomatic one. They're, they had their own internal conflict with those other two characters that were trying to destroy the DMA and risk, you know, upsetting them. I won't go beat for beat over what happened. But while I was watching this finale, it got me thinking because I like all of the characters pretty much in this show. Um, my favorite might be uh, Saru. He's kind of he shifts his position shifts quite a bit. He starts off as like a first officer and then he's a captain and then he, I think he's still a captain, but he's on back on Discovery with uh, Michael Burnham and all that. But so I was trying to think, because I do really like the character of Michael Burnham, who's pretty much the main character of the series. And she is, I think for the past two seasons now, been the captain of Discovery. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to figure out, because I like, I like pretty much all of the Star Trek captains. And I was trying to figure out what it was about this cap about her that I really liked, but felt so different from the others because she does bring something very different to, to the captain's chair. Mm -hmm. And I realized that she has all the confidence of every captain that I've seen in Star Trek. I don't have extensive knowledge on Janeway and, Oh my Lord, I am blanking on his name, but he's, um, it's the captain from, uh, deep space nine. Mm-hmm. I don't know it either. <laughs> Just dropping in here real quick because during the edit, I remembered it's captain Benjamin Cisco, and he was on deep space nine. The episodes that I've seen, he's really good, but I just wanted to clear that up. I do remember his name. It was just a momentary lapse. And now back to your regularly scheduled programming. Yeah, but What's nice is you really get to see like one layer below because you get to see where she doubts herself, where she's dealing with possibly making emotional choices and stuff like that. And to me, it's it is kind of a breath of fresh air for me and a Star Trek captain, especially Mm -hmm. because a lot of Star Trek captains, they are always so sure in every action. Occasionally, we'll get an episode where you do see a little bit of doubt or they question something, but with Michael Burnham on Discovery, you get to see like that's just part of her character the way it's written. 
And I think it makes her a really good character and a really good captain because she's very upfront about when she has a little bit of doubt. She's very upfront about how close she is with her crew and how important they are to her success. Um, and that's not to say that other captains don't give kudos when it's due to the other members of their crew, but like it's it's taken to a whole other level in this one. And I just think it, like I said, it's kind of a breath of fresh air for me in Star Trek to see a captain that's written fairly differently from what I'm used to seeing in Star Trek. That's about it. I just wanted to talk about that because I really like the character. Uh, Picard will always be my favorite captain, but Michael Burnham is, she's up there. She ranks pretty high. Uh, from what I found online, they are already planning on doing a season five. So I will be eagerly awaiting that. And we have another Star Trek season starting or series starting in May, I think, that I still don't remember the name of. It's the one with Captain Pike. Isn't it like an offshoot of Discovery? Yes. Yeah. So that's all I have for what I watched. Okay. Ashley, would you like to go? Sure. I have very little this week. How I Met Your Father had their season one finale i believe and there was a original how i met your mother cast member on this episode i did not tell you oh you didn't nope robin scherbatsky was there um so the main two male characters live in marshall and ted's old apartment and um sophie was there her and i lost his name but i wrote it down last week jesse her and Jesse like kissed last week, like I said, but then it's it doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. In classic, of course it doesn't. It's it too doesn't. early in the it's too early in the of show. Of course. So she grabs a drink at McLaren's because of course McLaren's just below. They had not been in McLaren's yet mm-hmm. when they're in a bar in this show. Otherwise, one of their friends owns a bar that is okay. not McLaren's. So anyway, and Sophie, who's Hillary Duff's character runs into Robin Scherbatsky. And basically she tells her kind of life's too short, uh, make mistakes, mm-hmm. but don't basically like, I don't want to say how Robin regretted how things went. Cause like, I guess in the timeline, it must be after her and Barney get divorced, mm-hmm. but before her and Ted get together. And it yeah. very much kind of sounds like she's regretful of not moving forward with Ted. Mm-hmm. So, Anyway, I just really like seeing her on the show. I don't know. It's one of those things that like, so yes, I am still very mad about the way that show ended. And it does prevent me from rewatching the show, even though we rewatched it like a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. But I will say like, I did like seeing Robin uh, show up on How I Met Your Father. I had read on Twitter that someone was on, but I remained spoiler free. So I was kind of excited. But anyway, so that show is done for now. My understanding is it has been renewed for a season two. So okay. we also had The Bachelor. Oh, did you want to say something? No, no, no. I'm going to circle back around to the news when you're done before we go to communal stuff. Okay, cool. Um, So we had The Bachelor finale uh, okay. this week. Man. Who got the rose? So <laughs> it was a shit show. They really, <laughs> they took this guy who last season like finished in eighth or 10th place or something like that. You almost feel bad for the guy because they truly made him the villain of his own season. Like he told every girl he loved them at the, uh, basically the only thing I have to say is the girl 
that he really wanted, that it really does feel like producers manipulated the situation a bit to get her date last. And then she basically was like, well, if you've told these other girls you love them and you slept with them, I can't be with you, you know, which understandable, even though she didn't say it before, I still understand kind of where she's coming from, because if he, quote, loved her the most then maybe he shouldn't have slept with those other women. Mm -hmm. But as I think we've talked about privately or potentially last week on the podcast, I just assumed that they kind of all slept with each other. Like like the leads slept with the other contestants anyway during Fantasy Suites. So for for me, I think I brought up like, I I just assume that they're having as much sex as they want to. (laughs) Because, I mean, they're allowed to. They're grown adults. They can do what they please. Yeah, and like every once in a while, like I said, there's this weird purity thing with The Bachelor. I think they're starting to move away from it. Every once in a while, they'll throw in a contestant who's like a virgin and it becomes like a big deal. Uh, thankfully, this season, there was a virgin contestant, but they didn't make a huge deal out of her virginity because it wasn't like, oh, I'm saving myself for marriage. It was I'm saving myself for someone I really love. Mm-hmm. And she didn't have to compromise that with Clayton, thankfully. But anyway, so the thing I'm most excited about from the Bachelor finale is that the other two contestants actually got chosen to be co-bachelor, co-bachelorettes. Okay. Um. So they will be, for the next season of The Bachelorette, they will be in it together. And they've never done that. Well, they, so... There was a season where they had two bachelorettes, but basically the guys showed up and then they voted on who they wanted to stay the bachelorette. (laughs) Yeah. That's brutal. Here's the thing. So I listened to this other podcast called Game of Roses and they brought up a good point. They have never done this with male bachelor. Like they've never done this with the bachelor. They never had men compete. They've never had two male bachelors, even like... So last Bachelorette, there was there was two separate Bachelorette seasons in a row, and they were both chosen from the same Bachelor. Mm-hmm. And then prior to that, the Bachelorette, there was a Bachelorette chosen, and then she, like, picked her guy super early. And so they brought in another girl to essentially finish her season, <laughs> which was... That show, man, it's, it's like a it's, it's like a, a choose lot. your own adventure book. But I will say, like, I agree. I'm like, what's going on with them, with the women? Um, I mean, I have a couple of like <laughs> gut reactions, suspicions as to why they wouldn't have two guys on there. But like, I mostly mean, because it's possible that it's more likely to get physical, and they don't want that. Right. And, and by physical, I mean like the two dudes uh, duking it out. They did it so well with Joe Millionaire. But I think because the guys just like they naturally got along, they were friends, they were immediately like, if you like a girl, just let me know kind of thing. I I don't think that's going to work with The Bachelor. I'd be interested to see. But I am excited. It They haven't released a lot of information. It kind of sounds like they just made this decision. I'm really hoping that they don't pit the girls against each other because it seems like they're actually really good friends okay um so i'm hoping it doesn't become like a cat fight situation i'm hoping it's just that they support each other and help each other through being the bachelorettes but i'm gonna watch it (laughs) 
So the only other piece of news I had was that I had been watching Intervention on Hulu, like old episodes. I've probably been watching it for the past like five or six months. And I'm finally caught up to where they are now. So I don't know. That show's so depressing and so hopeful at the same time. I'm kind of sad. Like, (laughs) I don't have any more new episodes to watch. So they need to, like, bring more episodes. (laughs) And did you want to circle back to that news piece? So we're going to circle back to a piece of news that I forgot to write down. You told me to write it down, and I did not. Oh. But it's about the Netflix Marvel shows moving to Disney Plus. Yes. Along with like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And I think there was uh, Inhumans or was that already on there? I don't know. But yeah. the Netflix shows on are on Disney Plus. And I don't know. So what made me think about it while you were talking about how I met your father is because you were talking about Hillary Duff. And I remembered the meme that I saw where it was like uh, somebody was like, wow, Disney plus changed a lot in a year. And they showed a clip of a, like a um, explanation of why Disney uh, decided not to go ahead with the uh, Lizzie McGuire reunion series, I guess mm-hmm. is because they were afraid it was going to be too adult. And then it was right next to a screenshot of the Punisher, <laughs> Punisher. on Disney plus. And, you know, I'm still sad about that Lizzie McGuire show. I told you that when you like showed me the meme, I yeah. think, that could have been so cool to see Lizzie all grown up. But also because they brought those shows over now, Disney Plus has a ratings. Yes. Uh, like a maturity level yeah. that you can set to different accounts. Yeah. So if you're worried about your six, seven or eight year old or any age kid walking in and watching Punisher or Daredevil or one of those shows, just go in and fix your parental settings. It's not that difficult. I think you do have to do it from a computer or their website specifically. Actually, I was going to tell you um, today I got on Disney Plus while you were mm-hmm. gone and it prompted me to choose my Yeah, level. so I think the first time you go into Disney Plus since this merger or whatever, this uh, these addings, um, it's going to prompt you with an initial like, do you want to keep this profile as TVY14 or whatever it is, or mm-hmm. go ahead and make it TVMA? Because we had to do that for our son's um, profile. But you can go in and very, it seems like there are maybe some more extensive parental controls if you go onto their website and just use them. It's not, a, it's not hard. And if you're that worried about your kids instead logging into your Disney Plus, like maybe while you're not watching, you can set a pin. Yeah. It it prompted that too, which I did not because our son doesn't do that. Yeah. So, um, uh, but any, yeah. Anyway, the what the main reason you wanted me to bring up uh, the Netflix MCU shows coming to Disney Plus is because you and I have been talking about doing a full MCU watch through, starting with Iron Man going in order of release all the way up to, well, by the time we finish, who knows what the most current uh, MCU movie or series or is going to be. Yeah, because yeah, we've we never watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I watched two or three seasons of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Okay, you watched a couple seasons mm-hmm. of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We've never seen Agent Carter. No. We've never watched Inhumans. No. Nope. I'm kind of excited to dig back into Daredevil. I really love Jessica Jones, so... Yeah, Jessica Jones was so my my biggest issue with Jessica Jones was just like they were really pitching this noir detective vibe and it worked for like the first 30 30 to 40 percent of the series and then it just kind of went away 
And that's what really disappointed me about Jessica Jones. You mean like they faded it out? Yeah, it just didn't have that vibe anymore. Yeah. And for Uh, me, I was just, I just liked it. I liked the character. We're both 100% willing to revisit Luke Cage. Oh, yes. Because that first season is amazing. But yeah, so over the course of, I don't know exactly when we're going to start this, (laughs) but over the course of Lord knows how long, we will be doing this rewatch and talking about what we watched that week um when we do you know maybe we'll do like a special segment or something like that about the mcu whatever mcu we watched that week yeah Um, i mean it could potentially make the podcast much longer we're gonna have to have some off pod conversations maybe we do like a special episode instead or or yeah maybe we just um when we do our recordings we finish the main podcast jump right into an mcu special that's maybe 30 minutes of just us talking about what we watched for that uh mcu yeah. rewatch and first, we drop that in the middle of the week or something first we gotta finish friends we gotta finish we don't unit. we don't have to but, <laughs> but yeah so if you're listening to us and you want to hear all of our thoughts on the mcu we're gonna do a, a full watch through so that's enough I'm, circling back i'm excited i'm always excited to do an mcu watch i was gonna say like, i can't remember what movie we did it for but we did a complete mcu movie watch through mm-hmm. it's been a while now we did it for endgame endgame you that's have what to it was. do it for endgame yeah so we watched all the marvel movies up till we saw endgame and that was really fun mm-hmm. so i'm looking you'll, forward to and, it yeah you'll hear some of my controversial <laughs> potential i've people hot have takes. i don't think i don't think they are but some people have told me that i do have some hot takes about this and i'm like i don't feel like they're hot takes because i don't know they're just it doesn't seem like it is <laughs> But yeah, we'll get to those when it happens. All right. Uh, so we will shift away from the news again to talk yes. about what we watched together. First right. thing I have on my list is that we watched Venom, Let There Be Carnage with uh, Michael about a week ago. Yep. So I liked it. It didn't get me as much as the first one. I feel similarly like I would rewatch Venom. I don't know if I'd be excited to watch Let There Be Carnage. Mm-hmm. And I think it happens a lot with movies that catch you by surprise, I think. Or at least for me, when when a movie catches me by surprise and then they make a sequel, a lot of times like you you have you have to really bring it in a sequel to get it to feel as good. Like that's I think that's one of the things like with the Matrix trilogy. I think I don't think the sequels are as bad as people make them out to be. But when the first one is so groundbreaking and so surprising, you really got to bring it when you're making sequels. So let there be carnage. I think it just fell short by by purely by comparison to the to the first one. Yeah. Speaking of Matrix, you just reminded me I wanted to watch those because I never watched the new one. Oh, okay. cool. I'd be happy to rewatch all the Matrix movies again. Yeah, I love those movies. Um, yeah, I mean, Michael seemed to enjoy it. Yeah, he he really likes Carnage. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's from all those YouTube clips he was watching. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like Woody Harrelson did really good. I, I don't want to say I was skeptical, but I had an idea of somebody that I thought would make a really good Carnage. Uh, he never would have been cast. So it's not like I was disappointed <laughs> when they cast Woody Harrelson. But but yeah, every it was all good. There was nothing bad about it. No, it's just. You know, it it didn't hit me as hard as the first one did, but probably because my expectations were different at that point. Yes, I agree. 
the next thing we watched together was This Is Us, mm-hmm. uh, season six, episode eight, The Guitar Man, our Kevin episode mm-hmm. for the season. Did you want to go first or did you want me? So to I can start it? with what disappointed me about this this episode. Okay. So the episode picks up. Kevin, you see Kevin just being a dad, changing mm-hmm. diapers, trying to feed, dealing with twins by himself and all that. And you find, you know, you find out that he's taking the twins to the cabin and everybody is like, really by yourself or how many nannies are you bringing or this and that and all this kind of stuff. And he's like, no, I'm just doing it by myself because I want to. And I'm like, yeah, go, Kevin, you know, do yeah. it. You you struggle through, you find out what works and then you do it. That's called being a parent. And it seems like he understands that more than some of these other people do who are supposedly have their shit more together. No, nobody has faith in Kevin because, you know, over the course of the series, we kind of see Kevin, I don't want to say fail he, to live up to his potential. He ebbs and flows. Yeah. He just never quite seems to have it fully together. Yeah. But anyway, that that's not even what I'm talking about, about what the disappointment was. Okay. What disappointed me is you see him struggling with the twins on the plane. And he, you can tell that he's a typical parent who's dealing with who would be dealing with twin babies on a plane (laughs) yeah i can't imagine he gets to the cabin and he's no longer taking care of the kids right i kind of noticed that too and i'm like i wanted to see seven or i wanted to see kevin get it done with his kids yeah and i understand that the story that they were telling there were some very important and hard-hitting things that they were getting at with this episode and you can probably go into those better than i can Mm -hmm. but like I wanted to see Kevin go in there and struggle for the first half of it, spend the next like 25 to 30% of the episode figuring shit out and then watch him just clean house in the very end of the episode and be that good dad that we saw him on the plane with the kids at the end. Yeah, the the twins very much, I don't want to say they disappear, but it's kind of like, oh, I guess Edie is watching them. Yeah. Oh, I guess they're sleeping. Oh, I, you know, which again, they're still babies. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of to be expected that they sleep. Yeah. But I, I agree with you. That's kind of where I thought the episode was going and then it hard pivoted. Yeah. It, yeah. You want to go into what the. So first of all, I just want to say, I love Edie. I love her addition. I love watching Nikki with Edie. I love seeing the light in his eye. I'm just, Nikki has become one of my favorite characters and, and the, yeah, they're they're happy. <laughs> their interaction together is great because they definitely pull off that idea of they both know that each other ha- that they have themselves and the other one has some very rough edges. Yes. But they also know that it's not necessarily coming from a negative place and they make it work. Yes. So there's there's scenes with late teen Kevin. Um, it's a continuation off of the past thanksgiving that we saw from the last episode he's at the poll kate and randall are at the poll and you can just watching him struggle and question being an actor question um they talk a lot in this episode about foundation both metaphorically and literal Um, even more so than questioning being an actor it sounds like he questions whether or not he can be an adult yeah or just because like right. he said, he's like, I'll never be ready for the deep end. Yeah. And it was, you know, Kevin, he's in a bad place. You can tell. And it's it's hard to watch him struggle. 
I wrote that down. I was like, it's really hard watching him struggle. Um, knowing who he is in the future definitely helps. I think if we were watching this show in a linear format, it would be very depressing seeing mm-hmm. Kevin and not knowing what was going to happen with him. But we know what happens. You know, we know he becomes a famous actor mm-hmm. at the very least. Um, we know well, he's still struggling present day with kind of his place in quotes. Well, yeah. And like his struggles are all self-imposed is the thing. They kind of He are. wants to live up to his vision of his dad. Yes. Because be perfect, let's be honest, dad. Jack was not perfect. No, but like. But but Kevin sees him that way, even though he acknowledges his flaws, he still sees him as perfect and wants to and thinks that he has to live up to some grandiose uh, version mm-hmm. or otherwise he's just not good enough. Yeah. So that's kind of we don't really ever reconcile that in the past. It's just they kind of make a joke about how Kevin's a screw up essentially yeah he'll get it yeah kind of thing uh, kate and randall are like yeah you are a screw up but you're getting there like yeah you it's just you basically they're implying it's just going to be a longer journey for you yeah exactly so back in the present uh kevin's at the cabin cassidy and nikki are there because they're overseeing the cabin the pearson family compound builds and Cassidy and Nikki have hired vets to do this job. And Kevin seems kind of skeptical, I will say, about the vets. Well, so kind of justifiably because mm-hmm. they poured the foundation wrong. Right. And, you know, Cassidy says, I should have caught it before we poured the concrete, but I didn't. We're going to fix it. Whatever. And like, yeah, Kevin's like, well, I trusted you guys to get this shit done right. And you're not. So he yeah. typical Kevin fashion, he... uh uh flies off on Cassidy a little bit but yeah and it seems kind of like they get things back together they have a really enjoyable evening they have a good dinner they play Joe's most hated game Monopoly <laughs> <laughs> yes it's and it has nothing to do with the game itself it is because I no matter what I do cannot win at that <laughs> game it doesn't matter and then they start playing record and they play music and Edie and Nikki are yeah. dancing together and it's just this moment you can see oh, Cassidy's son is there too at the cabin with them. And they're all laughing. They're all having a good time. And then it cuts to Kevin getting woken up by a phone call. Mm-hmm. And there has been an accident. And it was Cassidy. I'm going to try to get through this without crying. <laughs> My apologies if I do. Joe will probably cut it. <laughs> Should we trigger warning? Yeah, we can trigger warning. Just, I don't know. I think we should um, trigger warning, PTSD, vet, suicide, etc. Maybe I'll even try to timestamp just in case. Yeah. So Cassidy has been struggling since she got back from, um, I believe she was in Iraq. And she was, I forgot to write down her exact designation, but basically... Her job was to go to the villagers and try to convince them to give her intel by all means necessary, essentially like promising them money, promising them things for their village, promising them a ticket to the U.S. Not just a ticket to the U.S., but citizenship. Citizenship. And And, and Nikki even says like that, that's that didn't always play out. She just had to promise to get what she needed. And we actually saw that in a past episode, her kind of negotiating mm-hmm. with a villager and it ends up that that village gets bombed but 
Anyway, so Cassidy has been struggling with PTSD since she has returned home. And it's actually a big reason why her and her ex are divorced. But it's just so hard for me to get to the point. So Cassidy basically has said that she basically lives in darkness. And sometimes she comes out a bit when she's with her son. But when he goes back to his dad, she kind of feels that light slipping away and she feels herself being like pulled back. And that night with all of them, with the music and everything, it just she didn't want to let go of that light feeling anymore. So she went out for a drive because she couldn't sleep and she just kept driving faster and faster and essentially ran herself into a pole Mm -hmm. suicidally, (laughs) not accidentally like she did it on purpose. And Kevin, I want to say for Kevin, I think now before they went in, Nikki very much was like, don't basically he says, don't. Well, I think what you're getting there for her. No. Okay. So that's after. Oh, that's right. Um, Because so when they first get there, they don't know that she just hit a pole. No, they Kevin. I mean, I think Nikki, I think Nikki suspects a little bit. Yeah, but you can kind of tell by his um, face. when they find out when the doctor tells them that uh, she hit the pole head on. That's when you can tell that Nikki Nikki knows Nikki what's knows. Up. And so the doctor tells Kevin and Nikki, like, look, she needs her sleep because she's not giving she's not letting me give her any pain medications because she's an addict. Well, Kevin says, oh, because yeah. she's an addict. The doctor was like, yes, she mentioned that kind of thing. Yeah. So the doctor's like, so she definitely needs her sleep. So go ahead and go home, come back in the morning so she can sleep. Yeah, so as, Kevin stays behind. Well, as they're leaving, Kevin is running off uh, at the mouth about how, like, you know, I'm sure she's going to be fine and all this and all this. And Nikki kind of uh, metaphorically gives him a slap in the face about what's actually going on. And Kevin's like, well, should, should one of us stay? And Nikki says, yeah, you should stay. And he's like, well, I don't know if I'm the best person to do that. And that's when Nikki has the talk with him about like, look, don't try to fix it. Yeah. Just just be be there. there. And actually, while you were talking, I had this epiphany, like maybe that's the relation to him with the kids. Maybe. Because that was always my approach to Michael, to our son. It was. Yes, maybe there are some things you can fix when dealing with your kids, but sometimes you just have to be there doing whatever, just being there with them. You know, if they're crying, you just hold them. Maybe they stop crying. Maybe they don't. Otherwise, you just deal with it. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so. And Michael definitely is a be there kind of kid. He likes mm-hmm. to be with us. Oh, yes. He's always <laughs> sitting on top of me on the couch. <laughs> but yes, I that thank you for bringing that back around. Um, and Kevin does say. He falls asleep in the waiting room. There's this really funny exchange with a guy that's sitting across from him who could really give a shit less about Kevin. Yeah, Kevin's <laughs> going on and on about how he doesn't think he's the right person to be there and how do you do it and all this kind of stuff. And the dude just finally looks at me and he's like, I'm just here for my wife, dude. Which is so funny to me because every time the Pearsons like have this grand conversation with a stranger, it's always like this pivotal epiphany moment. And this guy just totally blows Kevin off. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so Kevin goes in with Cassidy and she's a mess. Black eye, broken clavicle. Broken clavicle and a broken humerus. Yeah. So yeah, she looks like she was in a car wreck and Kevin just kind of sits down. Now he does, I don't know, he does kind of. He talks to her. Yeah. 
I'm trying to remember exactly how the conversation started because I remember watching the episode and feeling like, Kevin, that's not just being there for her. <laughs> Kevin, yeah. that, that's asking her what happened. <laughs> yeah, and she she does explain what I just said mm-hmm. to Kevin. And then Nikki walks in and he just like walks to her bed and just says, it's okay, kid. And Cassidy just completely breaks down and starts crying. And Nikki is just... To me, Nikki's the perfect person to walk Cassidy through that. After Kevin and Nikki leave the hospital there in the parking lot, and Nikki kind of reminds Kevin, like, I was there. You know, That was the Vietnam. night before. Oh, yeah. Anyways, there's this really profound thing that Kevin says that, you know, when you walked into my trailer and I had a gun in front of me, that was 50 years after Boots left Vietnam. Basically really laying this stance of like for some people it just doesn't go for away for some people it doesn't go away and i, I, I to be completely honest i don't know enough about it to say that for anyone it actually goes away yeah but i don't want to you know i don't want to say for some it does for some, you know i just want to make that clear i have no expertise in this area well that so. we're not so joe and i are not military my grandfather was in the navy but he very much was like i was on a boat i played poker Mm-hmm. <laughs> now as far as i can glean that's actually true he's not just making that up but i know that like one of my uncles was severely impacted by his time in the yeah. war so i think for everybody it's a little bit different based on where you are and like i said i don't want to speak to that but nikki was i mean nikki had something horrific happen to him with that little boy in the boat mm-hmm. and besides that he wasn't handling the war well to begin with yeah. And yeah, then Cassidy, think... just all these things she kind of had to do as part of her job. Yeah. You know. Um, and then Nikki, Nikki, I think, puts her in touch with somebody at the VA that he yeah, spoke that can to. Help. I think he, they called her a re-entry counselor, I yeah, think. I'm not, I don't remember. Um. So, and then at the end of the episode, it kind of seems like Kevin is, uh, again, foundation metaphor, laying the foundation for the start of big three homes which we see uh which we know that jack originally wanted to do but wasn't able to do mm-hmm. and then we kind of see like some post-its or something that say big three homes um in the future of kate's wedding oh yeah it's uh the notepad that he's the notepad. writing his speech yeah. on i think yeah so and um it sounds like he wants to hire vets to yeah. build houses and so i'm i'm thinking that this is kind of the start of that i don't know if that means this will be the end of his movie career if it's mainly cassidy and nikki running it speculation i guess jennifer morrison is still filming this is us for me i'm just like well of course she is if she's involved in kevin's business mm-hmm. but of course people are like oh that must mean she's with kevin and to me I will just say on record, I feel like they have cemented them as friends. I do not think there's anything romantic there anymore. Well, and also, I think it's firmly Madison or Sophie. Also, I don't know if they would be good for each other in a long-term relationship. No. I think Kevin is not the right person to help uh, Cassidy when she's in her low spots and stuff like that. No. I don't think... Cassidy, I think in those small doses where she gives Kevin the tough love, I think it works. But if that was their day to day, I don't know it if wouldn't. they work in the long term. I think they absolutely could 
uh, continue to be friends. Um, and Nikki, I definitely feel like Nikki feels like Cassidy is kind of like, I don't want to say a surrogate daughter because they very much feel like they're friends, but they definitely have that kind of relationship where they just get each other, which of course they do because they've both gone through the same yeah. thing, essentially. But anyway, the, the episode closes out with Kevin on a plane heading home with the twins and he's managing and the person sitting next to him is like, you're so good at that. And it's yeah. like, but he didn't do anything with the twins for the whole episode. Yeah. And I don't know <laughs> if it's just like this newfound confidence Kevin has that maybe he's like he can finally kind of let go. But at the end of the episode, I definitely felt like there was a version of Kevin we have not seen in the present day like i definitely feel like older kevin maybe but we've we've so briefly been with him you know mm-hmm. um, i'm just really hopeful that we're done watching kevin struggle it could be i, I mean, hope so we have how many episodes left um how many episodes are there 16 i think 16 so we have eight, eight left, left. <sighs> okay (laughs) that's not enough (laughs) (laughs) so after this is us we also got season or yeah yeah season two episode three of picard which is titled assimilation Mm -hmm, which and this whole episode is just full of bad ideas (laughs) i have to say so i think this is one of those episodes that looking back when the season is kind of fully done Mm -hmm. I'll look back at this episode and think like, oh, wow, that really did move things in the direction it needed to go. But in the moment, it very much felt like I always had this complaint with Supernatural when we were watching it, where sometimes it felt like we were moving the plot along and sometimes it felt like placeholder. And to me, this episode kind of fell in that middle ground of, yes, they were moving the plot forward, but... I definitely it definitely wasn't an episode I don't want to say I enjoyed, but I wasn't excited. <laughs> it didn't feel as deep as some episodes could be. No, um, there there were a couple of. So there was one thing that we can definitely tell is going to play a role as the series as season continues. But the first thing I want to talk about is the whole thing with Rios. Mm hmm. And him losing it, you know, having to go to the hospital, which they specifically said, don't go there, losing his comm badge, getting arrested. And like, for me, it's just that's so cliche for a time travel series or episode or plot. Mm-hmm. And it's not that it's bad because it, it's all done really well. But yes. I feel like they could have given it a spin of some sort. You know, I mean, obviously they need an obstacle for the characters while they're in the past and whatnot. So, oh, by the way, at the beginning of the episode, they managed to go back in time and whatnot. And the Borg Queen has taken control of the ship. Really quick, I did want to say I did look it up and it was that Leah Thompson that directed this episode. Oh, really? Yes. Wow. Yeah. And I was just re-verifying, but yes. And even in our podcast, Six Degrees of Separation, Christopher Lloyd to Leah Thompson. (laughs) Got to keep an eye on those connections. But yeah, so the Borg Queen seizes control of the ship. They do the slingshot around the sun through a solar flare maneuver and go back to what they believe. They're in the right era, so they're just going with that. Uh, Before that, R.I.P. Elnor. Oh, yeah. He gets shot. Yeah. And he 
sadly passes. And well, he's not dead yet, and as far as me re- going through the plot. I know. I was series just, of events. No, that happened at the very beginning. He got shot, but he did not die yet. Okay. He didn't die until they were already, they had crash landed because the Borg Queen was sucking up all the remaining power from okay. the ship. But we forgot to mention about the shooting. Yeah, so that's true. Um, I don't know. I just don't believe that he's really gone. (laughs) But he's, well, the thing is, he could still be alive in Picard's real. I mean, Q could just reset everything. And that's what I'm hoping happens because I really like Elnor. Yeah. But. Uh, So the Borg Queen is sucking up all the power from the ship so they don't have the resources to try to heal him. Mm-hmm. and figure out exactly when and where they are and stuff like that. So the ship crashes. Uh, Seven, Rafi, and Rios venture out into Los Angeles 2024 to try to find the Watcher. Yep. And Picard and Gerardi. Yeah, is that her name? Dr. Gerardi. Agnes finally or remember Dr. Her name, uh Stay on the ship and come up with the dumbest idea I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> the like, fact that Picard went along with it, I'm just like, that's a bit of a stretch. I I will have to say in this moment, I was so mad because I was like, no way in hell does Picard agree to let Agnes get herself assimilated. But, he knows what that feels like. But I think that is also part of why they do it, because Picard does go to some extremes when it comes to Q and when it comes to the Borg. That's true. And honestly, if anyone was going to hook up to the Borg of the characters we have, I think Agnes was probably the better of all of them. Well, so yeah, she basically what's going on is Agnes agrees to basically like start the assimilation process so that she can get into the Borg Queen's head to get to try to fix the Borg Queen so they can get power back to the ship. And the idea is that, like, she'll be done doing that before she's fully assimilated. Yes. Like, she uh, wants to get go through the data. Yeah. And it, from what we see in the episode, it appears successful. But I really like this line from the Borg Queen. She's like, you've done something very dangerous. And Agnes is like, well, what was that? Or something to that effect. And she says, you impressed me. Yeah. And to me, it's, and it's like, like, oh, shit. Like. That's not good. Yeah. Um, Nobody wants an impressed Borg queen. <laughs> so that's, the, I think, the most pivotal thing that happens in this series or in this episode. I mean, Rios got captured by immigration yeah. at the hospital. I didn't, I guess. So it wasn't a hospital, it was a, a clinic. Reason, a clinic. There has to be a reason for this. It has to play out. Something has to happen, and I'm hopeful I don't necessarily feel good about it. No, it's like I said uh, a little bit ago. It's a little bit cliche for our time travel plot, but we're still on board. It was all done really well. We enjoyed the episode. What um, remind me what ultimately happened with Raffi and Seven? Because I know they got that blip on their. So, yeah, they were going up to I can't remember what the building is called, but a high point in is the tallest point in Los Angeles. Yeah. To do some scans to see if they could find any traces of basically technology that shouldn't exist in that time period, because they figure if this watcher is, you know, from another time or uh, highly advanced, then there will be that they will be using um, advanced technology. Mm -hmm. And they got the blip on their tricorder, but it went away really quick. 
But I think very shortly after that, they got a uh, reading from Rios's comm badge because the kid was playing with it. Yeah, it was like clicking it. Yeah. And then so that's I think that's the last we see of Rafi in seven. Yeah. In that time period. And then Rios. Rios gets captured. So the, the, the doctor at the clinic runs this clinic for anybody, really. People who can't maybe afford to go to the regular hospital. People who don't, uh, who maybe aren't supposed to, quote unquote, supposed to be in this country. Uh, and immigration raids the clinic. Rios tries to help the doctor, but also for his own uh, personal uh, means of getting back his communicator because he can't just leave that lying around anywhere. No. And so since he doesn't have any papers, they arrest him and the doctor. And so that's kind of where we leave the episode. I feel like there's a lot of breadcrumbs in this episode like that said, we can't really dive super deep on trying to understand like where they're leading yet. Like I said, I think for me, after watching this episode, I felt, I don't want to say disappointed because all the stuff with Picard and the Borg Queen and uh, Agnes, Dr. Drotty, I I liked that even mm-hmm. though it was really creepy kind of. <laughs> Anything with the Borg kind of creeps me out. But... The stuff with Seven, Gerardi, and Rios, I just... You mean I don't, Rafi? Yeah, Rafi, sorry. What did I... Oh, I said Gerardi. Yeah. The stuff with Rafi, Seven, and Rios, I just... I don't see right now why they were split up. So... Because... Like, from a storytelling point of view, I'm very interested to see where it goes from here, what happens to him with immigration and yeah. all that. I mean, from a production standpoint, it by splitting them up, it gives them another hurdle to go to get through and it helps them fill. A t- I don't know how many episodes this is, eight or nine or ten, however many. Yeah. But it does feel like that they're breadcrumbs that are leading us somewhere. Yeah. So, so. hopefully we get there sooner rather than later. Uh, yeah. So that's kind of all we have to say about Picard It's a really good episode. It's just it like was. it's one of those like middle points where it's like nothing amazing is happening just yet so mm-hmm. you know it we're still on board obviously but it's just you know that's that is one of the flaws in the release the episodes once a week thing is that we don't know how it works out yet because we can't just watch the next episode mm-hmm. so it kind of gives us time to ruminate on this episode a bit it's been a couple days since we watched it yeah uh, I'm very much still looking forward to the next episode. It's not oh, like yeah. I'm out or anything. We need to start remembering to, at the very least, jump to the end of the ready room to see the preview for the next uh, episode we, so we can we speculate. Really do. Maybe we'll do that after this, but of course we won't be able to talk about it on the podcast. But we will try to remember to do that uh, next week. Yeah. Before we go, we do have one other thing that we watched together. We just watched it. Starship Troopers. <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> so Which the, we both the, really like. Yeah, the uh Michael's with the grandparents tonight and we were eating in the living room and I had Starship Troopers on and Ashley sat down and just we watched the whole thing. It's it's a I don't know, I love the movie. I I've always loved the movie. It's to me it's the right amount of ridiculous. Yes. Um, I know a lot of people like throwing around the it's so bad, it's good. But I'm like, I don't necessarily like that phrasing. To me, it's just like it's so ridiculous that it's good. It like it laps being legitimate 
<laughs> to come back to ridiculous. Yeah, there's a lot of political things kind of with the movie we could go into, but I don't really feel yeah. the need. Whatever, whatever it could be said about that movie's uh, take on political, certain political stances and whatnot, I'm sure p- other people have said much better than we could. Yeah, we're not all that well-versed in that particular sect. Yeah. <laughs> but I will just say that it's not a movie I watch all the time, of course, but... When you do, when you do, it's you just it. you. It's just good. Yep. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Oh, there's another. Um, there's another really ridiculous movie that you should watch. It's called Ready to Rumble. Oh God, here we go again. <laughs> two weeks in a row. <laughs> I will get you to watch this movie, and you will. I, I still, I just don't understand. It is. You watch tons of movies that are in the same comedic vein as this movie. But for some reason, the best one in that bunch, you have this like just Here's disdain for. I just I remember watching it a long time ago with maybe my brother and some friends or something. I just remember thinking it was so freaking stupid. Mm-hmm. And not, you're not wrong. Not in a stupid but funny way. That Now you're wrong. <laughs> um, I will say, look, we get a little bit more of an audience Maybe people convince me I should just go for it. You keep bringing it up. <laughs> so, so what you're saying is, is it would, you would be more convinced by strangers telling you to watch it <laughs> than your husband. Here's the thing: if strangers want me to watch Ready to Rumble, it's not going to be because they think I would enjoy it. I think they want to see what I think you... about it, <laughs> and if I actually hate it or not. Anyway. The thing is, like, I, I will say will. when I think about occasionally being like i should just tell joe that we can watch ready to is this the hill you're dying on there's no reason <laughs> like at this point there's no reason why you you won't just sit it's, in the room while it's on but it, you've chosen this as the hill you're gonna die on in our marriage been so long since you've been trying to convince me to watch this movie look at let's it be honest it's not like i'm strong kind of a hill it's not like i'm strong arming you're you not convincing. You just it's just i bring it up, up just like you bring i did it up jokingly um it is a bed movie for you sometimes which Bed movies are movies we watch when we go to sleep. Very much like movies we've seen a hundred times don't have any weird scenes in them that could potentially scare us if we wake up in the middle of the night. Uh, Ready to rumble is that for Joe. I'm long asleep by the time Joe comes to bed usually and puts that on. I will say like I love Oliver, Oliver Platt. I love David Arquette. Who else is in it? I don't remember his name, but he's Tweeter from uh, Varsity Blues. Yeah, and I kind of like him too. And then, you know, you get um, a bunch of wrestlers. It's not that I hate wrestling. I grew up watching uh, WWF wrestling. WWE. Well, now, at that time it was WWF, but I don't know if we get in trouble for referring to it as WWF even for that era. I don't know. I, my ugh, Macho Man, Hulk Hogan, all that into wrestling. It has Macho Man in it. I don't know. Like I said, maybe it is my hill. Maybe one day I'll surprise you. Stay tuned. <laughs> it's it's just it's the perfect way to make a movie about wrestling, in my opinion. All right. Well, on okay. that note. <laughs> so for the for the the very small number of people that we have that listen to this so far, uh, go on our Twitter when we post the episode <laughs> and comment that Ashley should watch Ready to Rumble. And maybe we'll do like a special episode completely dedicated to us talking about Ready to Rumble. We'll see. <laughs> it's a big ask. Yeah. So right. 
next week we yes. will get to talk about Halo. And then when is oh Moon Knight isn't until like the thirtieth? Yeah, so I'm bringing up our calendar here. Next week on Wednesday or sorry, Thursday, Bridgerton premiere season uh-huh. two, Halo premiere and Picard. And weeks then, are gonna get start getting busy. Yeah, the week following on Wednesday is when Moon Knight comes out. So which is the thirtieth. I apologize to anybody that was just disturbed by the fact that I bumped my microphone. I didn't hear it in my headphones. Sweet. But who knows? Yeah. Um, so yeah, we that Marvel rewatch might have to wait until the overall schedule slows down well, a bit. <laughs> so my idea with the Marvel rewatch, you know, obviously there's gonna be a number of movies that we watch before we get into shows. Even mm-hmm. if we just put out, even if we do do one or two movies a week, this isn't something I'm planning on us trying to like speed through. And Michael might enjoy it because every once in a while he wants to watch, mostly it's the Iron Man, Iron Man movies. And also, again, it's because he sees these clips on YouTube. Yeah. He also has lots of little Iron Man, Hulkbuster, Marvel, Lego figures mm-hmm. he likes to play with. Yeah. So... But yeah, so like my idea is one or two movies a week. If it gets more, it gets more. Not a big deal. Yeah, I sniffed in the microphone. Oh, it's fine. In the middle of you talking. It's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, you know, a, just a handful of stuff in a week at be- at most. And then we talk about it. It's not something that we have to dedicate every free moment to. At least that's my idea for it. Sure. But so with that, we will end this episode. It is not the longest episode we have ever done. I was going to say, I felt like this was short compared to the others. Oh, no. Or at least maybe average. (laughs) It's a little above average. All right. Well, looking forward to next week. Yeah. A lot of good stuff coming out. So. Yep. All All right. right, Well, thanks thanks everyone for listening. (laughs) Thanks for listening. And we will hopefully, well, not hopefully, we will be back next week. Yep. All right. Bye.